Hello and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we are analyzing aliens in short, controlled bursts. I'm John Engel. And I'm Mitch Bryan. And today, it's Friday, Minute 105, which begins with Ripley making her way toward a ladder and ends with Newt sliding down a duct like she's in a funhouse. Yeah. And uh, we just want to point out, you know, we always say, I always say we're analyzing this uh, movie in short, controlled bursts. The the bursts have been getting a little shorter Yesterday lately. Yesterday was the shortest burst ever. I'm really <laughs> sorry, everybody. No, I don't think it is. I think there was an episode with Jason, uh, Jason Heck, that was like seven minutes long or something. Wow. But, um, but the truth of it seven is... Seven minutes that, with Jason Heck, he had to be just getting started. It was weird. It was a strange day. <laughs> I, I won't go into the details, but it was uh, necessarily short. Anyway... <laughs> Um, it's not that, that we don't have more to talk about. It's not that we're trying to shortchange anybody. We're just, uh, man, the scene just keeps, it moves really fast and there are big changes and there's little changes. They're all significant changes, but sometimes, you know, it's still, we're still in the same scene. You know, it's kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't want to make excuses or anything. Just want to say, we're not trying to shortchange you folks out there. We'll come up with something today that, yeah, we'll, that'll make up well, for it. This is a giant minute in the movie. And I and I said yesterday that this is one of my favorite, maybe it was two days ago, that this whole business between Gorman and Vasquez is one of my favorite things in the movie. So hopefully we'll have some more to talk about with that. But um, we begin the scene uh, back in the wheel room there, as we've been calling it, uh, with with Ripley realizing, okay, there's a ladder over there. We need to get up that ladder. You know, I guess that's the the idea. But they have to walk over this little uh, uh, wheel that's in mo- <laughs> that's easily could give out underneath them at any time. So that's the danger of the moment. So we have that. We know what their their objective is inside that room. Um, then we cut back to find out that Gorman we Gorman he got that alien, but he's still shooting and he's he's going to run out of ammo just like Vasquez did. And this is the big moment, right? Because he blasts yeah. away, and then he's out of out of ammo, and there's nothing really that uh, he can't reload, right? No, nope. nothing he can do. We cut to two shots, um, one where they're looking right, there's an alien coming, one where they're looking left, and there's an alien coming. So we, no qualms about it. There's no way out of this situation. They're about to be brutally massacred or cocooned or whatever these aliens are going to plan to do with them. So... It seems only right that uh, they maybe take a few aliens out with them. So they pull a grenade. I guess this is a grenade, correct? Yeah, and and she has this line, which looks to me like it's probably ADR'd because it her lips aren't moving the quite right at the end of the line. And so I don't know if it was the whole thing was added after the fact or whether it was actually in the script or whether they made it up. Or I, I have no idea. Well, that's true. We should have looked at the script because I, I had the same note. But it's clear she's saying something. There's a line yeah, there. Yeah. But yeah, the the actual line you hear is clearly ADR. It could have just have been a matter of the cut not fitting right, a yeah, little bit, but yeah. or the sound not being good in that particular scene when she says that. But yeah, uh, you're always you always were an asshole, Gorman. She says. Now, do we like this line or do we not like this line? I don't like this line. I don't either, and here's why: because of everything we've been talking about about how nice and subtle they were for the most part with this relationship. We know she thinks he was an asshole. We know he was an asshole. Does she really have to say that right then? This feels like that James Cameron kind of thing where he's got to make sure somebody says something kind of clever, funny, right. whatever, at any given moment. And I think it's really unnecessary, especially right in the middle of this lovely scene between the two of them, because I think this is kind of a beautiful thing that happens Right, here. right. So why say that right there? I don't know. But I'm sure there are people out there that think it's fine. But I think it's badass, man. Pretty badass. Yeah, she told him off right at the end. 
But no, I mean, to me, it's much a much richer moment if it's a kind of a sweet scene between the two of them, which it turns out to be. Yeah, it, the, I like the embrace a lot. I'm, I like that. I like the fact that it sort of speaks to that reality of war that in the end you're not fighting, you know, uh, for some ideal. You're fighting for the soldier next to you and the people that are in your unit, and and that that's really what it's about. That's why people fight. You fight to keep the person next to you alive. Uh, or yeah. in this particular case. Uh, you 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 done everything you can to keep the two of you alive, and then you've made this. They make this pact to to keep the other people alive that are ahead of them, and and sacrifice themselves for the good of everybody else. And I guess this, it sort of calls back to the conversation Hicks and um, Ripley had earlier about oh yeah making right. sure I'll do know, us both. I'll do us both. They're in this case they're doing they're. They're doing us doing, both. They're doing us both. Yeah, and it's it's a cool it's self sacrifice. It's necessary. You don't want to find out what happens to you after you get taken by one of these aliens. So it's probably best to just deal with it yourself. So as and, as the Wrath of Khan music plays, mm-hmm. they <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's so it's so crazy, right? It's he's just like the consummate rip off artist, <laughs> uh, going at it right here for this big moment. It's like oh really like. Yeah, Come I on, it's help. fine. I don't have a problem with it. It's, it's, <laughs> sorry. It sounds it sounds fine to me. Yeah, but I get okay. what you're saying. It it definitely is straight out of Wrath of Khan. He's not my favorite composer. Yeah, I know he's not. I like him. I mean, I love the Wrath of Khan. Yeah, score. I love the Wrath of Khan. Um, but I'm fine with James Horner. I think he did a pretty good job here and there. But we tried to we try to give him compliments where we can. But I suppose you had to call him out when he. Does this, but again, like this guy was on the worst possible score movie score schedule I've ever heard of. You know, where he's scoring the movie as it's being cut, they're going to release it before he's done. Uh, I, I you can't blame him. Like he had to patchwork this thing together to a certain extent to get it done. It sounds like to me. So using a little bit of some stuff you had before, eh, it's a big, loud, crazy action sequence. Why not right. just <laughs> wedge that in there, right there? It works really well. Right. It doesn't uh, we're diminish. Our, we're going to blast ourselves right into the Mutari Nebula. Yep. Uh, it doesn't diminish the scene, so at least there's that. Yeah, that's true. So we get this. Uh, this is going to be our last moment with uh, with uh, William Hope and with Jeanette Goldstein. And I want to say that um, they sell the moment really well, and especially Jeanette Goldstein, basically because this is the first time the veneer is really cracked, and you see a a, a touching human being underneath that hard surface. Because once she realizes, she, they, you know, we get that the physical moment between the two of them where they embrace, they both put their hands over their grenade, um, sort of as this like one making the solemn death pact, yeah. yeah. And um, when she looks, she gives it that look in the close up, and her eyebrows furrow, and it's just like, oh god, there she, there she is. There's that human being that um, she didn't want to die, man, but she's willing to do it now uh, for the sake of the of the greater good, I guess. And it's a nice moment. And William Hope, you know. He keeps it cool, but he's obviously dreading this as well. And uh, the aliens close in. Uh, we One of them is about to, looks like, jut the old second mouth out right as the explosion occurs. So it's just in the nick of time that grenade went off. It's quite an explosion, too. It's okay. So it blows square pieces of whatever <laughs> right towards camera. I'm assuming those are supposed to be alien pieces, right? Yeah, they look really square. Yeah, they do. But what are you going to do? It's a. I'm, what, what do you think the effect is here? Like, uh, just a pyrotechnic effect in a real-sized vent? 
Oh, or is, is this a miniature? a miniature? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. If it's a miniature, then it's going to be really hard to get this like because the fireball is pretty impressive, right? Yeah, the fireball is very impressive. Of course, we should probably ask the question: Is this fireball too impressive? Oh, I know. It's that's a hell of a grenade. Yeah. Like, what is exactly igniting? I mean, it's burning the air. It's incredible. Well, so it's. I suppose you. We could assume that these vents are part of the oxygen system of the colony so they're super high oxygenated they're super high oxygenated and probably pushing oxygen through so once a fire sets like we get this secondary explosion right you get the first explosion that blows the square particles out and then the sky then we get kind of a push of so that's what it is i think so to me i think you know on initial watch, you go, Jesus Christ, that's way too big of an explosion for that little grenade. And we've already seen the grenades go off. They don't go off like that. But then if you add in, oh, well, the oxygen is added to the fire, then yes, I could see it blowing a fireball through this vent, which it does, which then gets us to the moment that we teased a few episodes ago, the big butt. The big butt. Yep. It's a really big butt right here. Because he kills all the, they kill all of the aliens, but... The blast knocks poor little Newt into the wheel. Yep. Which is great, because now it just got worse. It's great, yeah. We solved a problem, sorts. at least we solved a few problems with a few of the aliens have been taken care of. They've been slowed down at least a little bit. Um, I'm assuming no alien's going to come through that vent anytime soon uh, now, but we've endangered the child further (laughs) in the meantime unwittingly they have made it much harder for everyone involved because that kid has been thrown down that little wheel uh or slips off the wheel and falls into a vent that's down below now i'm not even going to venture a guess as to what this whole mechanism is for do you have one (laughs) i have no idea i don't know what this It's a water wheel it's a water because there's water water down there right she's gonna there's water down there but on the slide yeah so yeah i don't know what this is because she has a very there's a very convenient funhouse slide that she's ultimately gonna go down but we should sort of touch base first she doesn't slide directly she is holding on trying to be get some help and ripley does try to give her give her a little help yeah and it's and what does ripley grab hold of well, once she gets down there, she grabs a hold of the sleeve of the jacket. And if we know if it, if we know anything, we know that if you're going to grab somebody who's fallen, don't grab them by the sleeve or the pant leg. Uh, that's never going to work out, especially the sleeve of a jacket. That's just going to slip right off. She we grabbed the Barbie doll. Happen. She could have grabbed anything. Casey. Yeah. And then Casey's head pops off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, this that reminds me of uh, that scene from the Hudsucker Proxy. Uh, Paul Newman's like dastardly, like horrible villainous character is hanging out the window. Someone holding him by the pant leg. You know, I always think about that when I see something like this because the Coen Brothers, of course, made it, took the trope and made it very clever. Where he has this strange flashback to his tailor asking him if he wants to double stitch the pants, and he says, "Ah, grumpy now, I don't need that." And then the the tailor says, I'm going to do it anyway. And he saves his life. <laughs> so classic Cohen's recognizing a trope and doing something interesting with it. I, but, I did just look at the scene in, in Saboteur just last week uh, on the Statue of Liberty where yeah. Norman Lloyd is hanging oh, right. thing and, and, and he grabs him and, and uh, he's got him by the, by, the, by the jacket. But then Hitchcock spends all this time just watching thread. the threads yeah. come apart. And it's done without any music. That uh-huh. whole scene is scored with only the sound of the wind, uh, the gnat sound of the, being up there on the, on the top of the Statue of Liberty. It's brilliant. It is really, really suspenseful. I did want to say that this uh, 
uh, I was going to mention it here because it's more applicable. I'm going to make another reference to a, a John McTiernan film and how this moment reminds me of a John McTiernan film. But when they walk, as soon as they are walk you, into gonna, this room, are you going to talk about? Are you going to talk about Medicine Man? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Die <laughs> you're Hard. Talk about Eaters of the Dead or uh, uh, the, what is it? The, what was it called? The Thirteenth Warrior. Thirteenth Warrior. Is that what you're going to talk about? No. no? Um, oh, okay. Whenever they enter this little wheel room, it always just kind of gives me just a slight reminiscence of. Uh, of the little chamber outside of the uh, elevator shaft and Die Hard that he goes in and out of a couple of times early in the film. And it probably reminds me of that because I've seen Die Hard a zillion times. So my mind goes there a lot. But then when we get this moment with the wheel going down and Hicks, Ripley calls Hicks into action, his first action is to use the gun to stop the wheel from turning. And it's, it's exactly what John McClane does to stop the fan in order to go oh, yeah, out right, into the right. other yeah, yeah, So yeah, it always right. reminds me of that. Yeah. Just a, another one of those. Yesterday I talked about The Hunt for October, and today I'm talking about Die Hard. Uh, both fine films by uh, master action filmmaker John McTiernan. What's the other movie where there's a, there's a gigantic fan that they have to get through? It's massive, and then as soon as they get through, it spins but turns back on again. Is that Alien 3? Is there a giant fan in, in Alien 3? There might be. I don't remember. I don't remember what you... I think there might be. Sorry, folks. You know that we don't like Alien 3. No. We're not going to remember every detail of it. So, I'm sure there's a few of you listening that are like, you guys, come on. But anyway. <laughs> but we do, like, we do like Charles Dance very much. We, I, we love Charles Dance. He's always. so good in that like movie. Charles Dance. Um, so, so, Hicks stops the... Um, wheel from turning which allows her to reach down a little bit but it still doesn't work still doesn't work because she grabs the sleeve we know when <laughs> as soon as she grabs the sleeve i don't okay i don't understand the sleeve is here look at my hand i have a sleeve <laughs> the sleeve is here the hand is here yeah. why is the sleeve the only thing she can grab does that make sense no. why can't she grab the hand anyway it's just you know it's one of those things we need the kid to go down the slide uh, we need it to be suspenseful, so we need her to be able to hang on for a little while. So there we have it. Um, <laughs> she loses the jacket, and she heads down the slide to God knows where. Now, the first time you're watching this movie, first time you're watching this movie, this is terrifying. Uh, to have our little Newt, who we've come to know and love, disappear into the abyss with aliens everywhere. Yeah, she goes right down that slide, and I have to think, in that moment... One, yeah, it's too bad she's gone. But two, isn't it so convenient that it's actually a slide, like a wee <laughs> slide? So you're back to your to your analogy of roller coasters or uh -huh. fun houses, right? Uh -huh. And I, it didn't. It made me think. There's a book. Um, there's a book, listeners, called How to Write Killer Fiction. I have that book. And the undertitle is The Fun House of Mystery and the Roller Coaster of Suspense. And it's actually a pretty good book. Yeah, it's not bad. It's <clears throat> so actually taught me a lot. So we're definitely in like roller coaster and funhouse territory. Yeah. I mean, this is what you have to be thinking when you write this scene and this build the set, right? You got to be thinking funhouse. I, I imagine that word came up when they were deciding how to construct this, how to have this sequence that we've just watched. Kind of comes to a close here, right? Um, just like Orson Welles. Just like Orson. Let's go into the funhouse. There won't be any mirrors. That would be ridiculous. But we got this. Ferris wheel of sorts, and it, well, that's right. You're right. It's a Ferris wheel that leads you into the slipper slide. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, it's so sweet. So it's nice. It should be. It Little should be nice stuff. and sweet. But um, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, whatever lies below, it uh, is surely dangerous. And Newt's now completely alone again. So this is the first time Newt's been 
other than when she was taking a nap, the first time she's been completely alone and in danger again. What we thought we'd saved her from when we found her earlier in the film. So it's a pretty good uh, place to end the week. Yeah, I agree. It's All been right. great, John. Yeah, I'm thanks sorry for coming back my, again. Sorry about my cold. You're fine. I've been having, I've been fighting one too. So it's that time of year. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for the week. Um, R.I.P. Vasquez and Gorman. R.I.P. Hudson. Um, it is notable, I guess, now we have more civilians than Marines, right? I guess we, we don't really qualify Bishop as a Marine, do we? No. So we have, I think it's notable that we have more, we have our two survivors, our two civilian survivors are alive and we only have one Marine left. So we were kind of building to that point. So I, I thought that was notable to finish the week. We should mention that. All right. So that's going to do it for Minute 105. Uh, come visit us at AlienMinute.com. Uh, visit us on Instagram at Alien Minute Podcast or on Twitter at Alien Minute Pod. And once again, I'll thank Alex and Pete over at Star Wars Minute for uh, coming up with the Movies by Minutes podcast idea. And go over to MoviesByMinutes.com and check out the other uh, movies that are being covered with this format. All right, we'll see you next week for Minute 106.